0: Welcome to episode 57 and the second episode in my special Lister series. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm super pumped. My next guest uh, is... Lindsay Van Semmeren, and she has a really great story because it's not kind of the traditional, you know, kind of story you've heard a lot in the news about student debt or anything like that. It has to do with her buying a home with her husband and uh, a lot of things going wrong and it costing a lot of money and uh, them kind of getting into debt that way. And so we chat about that and what um, they've been doing to get out of debt and what kind of things she's learned and what kind of tips that she has that she'd like to pass on to you. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, thanks for joining me. As you know, many people know, if they've listened to some of the other episodes uh, from this kind of debt series, I did a blog post that featured four awesome women who are in debt, but they're doing what they can to crush it in um, you know a shorter amount of time than um, regular. And so you uh, popped up, um, I think, I can't remember how we connected. Maybe it was over email or Twitter or something like that, but I needed you to, I needed to interview you uh, Uh, Because I really liked your story and you're just like, you know, what you're doing is very relatable, but also inspirational. And I think it'll help motivate people to, uh, you know, that are in similar circumstances, crush their debt, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. These kinds of stories helped me when I was getting started. So it's always, always great to hear Mm -hmm. other people's perspectives.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think especially when it comes to, uh, paying off your debt, like even for me, when I like kind of the only kind of loan I, I ever really had was a student loan. Um, and I didn't know, no one that I knew ever talked about student debt, but I know they all had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's only a couple, maybe really vocal people that had like $50,000 and they'd be like, yeah, I'm really in the hole. I'm like, yeah, you are. That's scary. Um, <laughs> yep. but no one else really talked about, you know, being in debt and what to do. Like, i had asked my parents how do i pay this off (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're like well you just have to buckle down and save it up and (laughs) pay it off like oh okay (laughs) so i want to get more into your story specifically because yours was uh student loans and a car loan and then also a house so Mm -hmm. where do you want to start (laughs) Where, where did kind of how did you start getting into debt how did this all kind of start
1: well i think it all started with the student loans at first um I took out a couple of private student loans to fund me going to school when I was an undergrad um, and also to pay for my living expenses and At the time, I had no idea how much money to take out or or like how to calculate anything like that so i mm-hmm. I went to my parents and we just together came up with a number out of the blue it was twenty five thousand dollars and we did that twice mm-hmm. and so that initially was $50,000 of debt and over time the interest has grown on it of course and yeah yeah and after that <laughs> we got a we got a car loan a couple of them we've paid one off already a while ago mm-hmm. but we're still working on one and we mm-hmm. also bought a house back when gosh mm-hmm. i think it was like 2008 or so me and my husband mm-hmm. he was He was over in Iraq and he came back and Mm -hmm. we're like, it's time to be adults now. We got to buy a house because that's what you do when you're, when you're grown up. That's what you do. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Supposedly. (laughs) So we bought the house and it was great at first. We loved it. But Mm -hmm. where we were living, we were living in Northern, well, kind of like middle of Alaska at the time. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing up there called permafrost, which is like permanently frozen ground. And it, it thaws like the very oh my gosh. tip of it, like the top of the ground, but through the whole, mm-hmm. whole summer and everything, like just a few feet underground, it's completely frozen. And that mm-hmm. kind of messes with the soil stability. And so like the house has had all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. It's got like a buried septic tank. It had a buried water tank and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And it would just heat up and slowly sink into the ground and all the pipes would get like messed up and fall off and... Just a huge, huge hassle. And we've spent thousands of dollars. I think I calculated at one point it was, I think we've spent up to $35,000 so far just on repairing this house. And we don't make that I much know. money. And so mm-hmm. um, some of it we've been able to pay off just right off the bat, but most of it has turned into debt as well. Wow and i pr- I'm pretty sure that's pretty common
0: you you think you know what you're getting yourself into, especially buying a house on land, you you know get an inspection, mm-hmm. but these things happen, yeah, you know like a year from now, oh, we have to replace the whole roof or uh, this blew up we need to replace yeah. it yeah, so people tell you like common.
1: you need to to budget for these things or you need to like be prepared to fix things when they break, but they don't tell you like how to budget for it and like how much you should and what to expect, what's normal breakdown and things like that, you know.
0: So knowing kind of what you know now, because you're you've had the house for a few years now, I guess.
1: Yep, since 2008. So yeah, about. -hmm.
0: about. So so how would you, if you could go back, how would you budget for those kinds of expenses? Um, Like, do you would you kind of go around the house and maybe put like post its next to things (laughs) like this may break and that may (laughs) cost this much, or what? What would you suggest
1: doing? Yeah, so if I was buying a house up there again, I would definitely definitely go through and look at things like that that might break and maybe talk with some people to see how much they might cost to fix, um, like what kind of timeline Mm -hmm. they might break based on the home inspection. We also didn't have a very good home inspector as well. We just had somebody Mm -hmm. who was like a buddy of the realtors who did it for real cheap. And so he missed Mm -hmm. a lot of things that we've since had another engineer come in. And he he said this would be a problem if we would have known that from the get-go, we you wouldn't have bought yeah, it. Yeah, we wouldn't have bought it. But going forward, Ugh. we do want to buy a house in the future, probably a mm-hmm. long, long time from now. But, and we're going to yeah. be much more prepared. But um, that is one of the things we're going to do to see like what kind of state it is right now, the timeline for repairs, how much they cost, and how much we might have to put away you know, each month to mm-hmm. to have that amount ready when it comes time. Mhm.
0: So what are your kind of plans with the house now? I think in your blog or in your uh my interview with you for the blog post, you were talking
1: about trying to sell it. Yeah. So we've made a bunch of repairs to the house to make it more marketable. All the things that mm-hmm. we can fix on it should be fixed for now until, you know, the ground moves again, but that's part of the owning this house um mm-hmm. unfortunately. And we do actually have somebody who has contracted to buy the house. They're just waiting for their funding to come through. So finally, after, after we tried selling it since 2014, so we're finally wow. just now, two years later, getting ready to sell it. Well fingers crossed this all goes through that would be
0: amazing (laughs) um what do you plan on you know once you sell it are you going to just continue renting where you are or what are your kind of plans
1: yeah so we're gonna we're gonna make a small amount like five thousand dollars or so from the sale of the house hopefully and we're gonna put that towards some of the debt that we have and then Mm -hmm. we're working right now on building up a down payment for for our future home we're moving at a pretty slow pace Mm -hmm. but we are making some progress and We're Mm -hmm. planning on saving up for a 20% down payment so that we can avoid PMI Mm -hmm. charges um, and things like that Mm -hmm. and be be more financially stable because when we bought the house in the first place, we also used a zero down VA loan. So we have very little equity in the house right now, (laughs) something Mm -hmm. we want to avoid in the future. It would also help with our mortgage payments and things like that too. Well, that's
0: good. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, unfortunate that you went through what you did, but as, at least A, you learned, yes. <laughs> lesson learned, yeah. and B, you can share it with a bunch of other people so they will also yeah. learn from <laughs> your experience. So that's, you know, there's the silver lining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you remember, this is almost kind of a test, do you remember how much you told me was your kind of starting debt?
1: Yeah. So my starting okay. debt was 82000 or no. That's how much I have now.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. It's
1: like, it's like, you were really close. 87, 87. 87. Yeah. 885. 885. Yeah. There
0: you go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's amazing that you remember that because those are like, you know, it's not like a round yeah. number. 87, well, 885.
1: I'm cheating a little bit. I also have it right here, so. <laughs> oh dear. <do you? laughs>
0: very smart, very smart. So you had that, but you were able to kind of put some money uh to pay it down, so now it's only eighty two thousand five hundred and sixty eight.
1: Though it's probably since then it's probably yeah, gone down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right now I think it's at eighty one thousand six hundred and sixty two dollars.
0: Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, to me uh, for the blog post that you use a thing called Ready for Zero as a kind of a tool that you use to help you. I've never actually used that. I've heard about it. What What
1: does it do? Yeah. So I have a lot of loans from all kinds of different sources. Um, I've got, you know, auto loans, student loans, um, personal loans to pay off house repairs, things like that. So I have all these different um, places where I have debt. And what Ready for Zero does is it kind of collects them all into one place um, and it automatically Mm -hmm. logs into the accounts, pulls everything up onto one page so you can see your status. And Mm. it gives you all these little numbers. Like I'm I'm a number cruncher. I I like looking at all the numbers and everything. It tells you um, when you're going to be debt free, how much you've paid off so far, how much more you have to go, how much you're paying in interest each day. And you can create a custom plan for yourself on how to pay off your debt and you can like there's these little cool little sliders I like to mess with. You can move your the slider around and up increase or decrease your payment amount. So mm-hmm. you can see what effect paying more or paying less has on your final debt free date, which is ultimately the thing that people want to know when they're gonna be debt free. So I really like it. Yeah. It's really cool. That's
0: that sounds very handy. Is it free? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally well, free. I love it pay then. For it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That makes it all better. Wow, I'm going to have to check that out. That's actually really yeah. handy cuz it's sometimes sometimes you need a handy tool that already knows how to, you know, do what you want to do instead of going the Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. route yeah. and trying to use a formula. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, "No, I just need a tool that I can plug in some numbers that tells me what I want to yep. see." Mm-hmm. So that's awesome that you found that tool to help you. So, you know, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but since you have um, you know, kind of the uh, debt from the house and the car and from student loans and you're still kind of chipping away at it but I know you'll you'll get to where you want to be very soon because you seem like you're on a really great path what are some lessons that you are so glad that you've learned from this experience besides kind of all the house stuff?
1: yeah so I think the biggest thing that this has taught me um, was just it's taught me a new way to help make money for myself because, um, Mm -hmm. paying off all the debts and with all the house repairs on top of that, just piling in all the time, we were, we were sinking financially basically. And I didn't want to be in debt for the rest of my life. I used to think that debt was like just something I'd have forever. And as, Mm -hmm. as each payment kept cropping up from all the different loans I had to take out, it just wasn't, wasn't making sense. And we weren't doing, like, I wasn't living the way I wanted to. And so I Mm -hmm. started looking for extra ways to make money on the side. And I fell into freelance writing, kind of. And I've tried other Mm -hmm. things before, like doing little surveys, you know, and transcribing things online. But um, they they helped, but not as much as Mm -hmm. finding, like, a good, solid way to make money that would help me catch up on my bills and start to make progress moving forward. And so far... Mm -hmm using this freelance writing, the extra income from it, I've been able to catch up on all my bills. And um, after we sell our house, we're going to be able to put away like almost probably an extra $500 to $1,000 each month towards our debt, which will make it go away even faster. And then I've realized through going through this whole process that um, debt is not... I mean, like I was saying before, I used to think Mm -hmm. debt was just a normal part of life. But Mm -hmm. through all of this process of payments and everything, I've realized that it really, it's basically you're selling your life away. Like you're literally selling your future time away and realizing that it doesn't have to be that way. I can be debt free and then I can do whatever I want, basically, if I have enough Mm -hmm. savings, you know, and everything. That's been an incredibly Mm -hmm. empowering thing. I can, like the doors are suddenly opening for me again in the future. Not right now, but I'm working to get there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. And guaranteed once you do make
0: that, you know, when you are financially free, which will hopefully be in just a few years. Yeah, you'll, you'll realize how awesome it is. And I, I think that's a big reason why I want to do this debt series is so many people are in debt. Most people are in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, but they either feel incredibly alone. Cause, you know, lots of people don't want to talk about mm-hmm. it because it is kind of, you know, some people feel ashamed or whatever. Or, you know, besides feeling alone, they feel trapped and they feel like, yeah, like it'll be forever. I'll be in debt forever. I have friends who Mm -hmm. have incredible student loans and they feel like, well, I'm just going to be paying this off forever. And like, it doesn't have to be like that. And that's awesome that you kind of took the initiative instead of just being like, well, we have to live, you know, you know, to the bare minimum, you you went out there and found a second uh, stream of income, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And it seems like, you know, not just a second stream of income, but something that, you know, actually gives you pleasure, yeah. and is, you know, something that you
1: are really passionate. Yeah, about. yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's amazing. I was... Working in a crappy job before this, too, that I didn't really like very much, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine for other people, but it just totally outside the scope of what I wanted to do. And that was also another layer of depression. I was stuck in this mm-hmm. position that I didn't want to be in. And I had to, had to be in it because I had no other way to make money. But through this other side income that I've been making, I could switch to doing that full time if I wanted and just do fun things yeah. and make more money doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I and I I've definitely been in that space
0: where I'd say kind of, you know, when I me and my husband moved to Toronto and we didn't have any jobs, I was desperate for a job and then I stayed in jobs for the paycheck, but I absolutely did not love, yeah. you know, I wanted to quit every day kind of thing. <laughs> yep. And it was one of those things where it's like, I wasn't, you know, necessarily drowning in debt, but I also knew I, I could not leave that job because I have to pay my rent mm-hmm. and my bills yep. and everything. So when you kind of set yourself up in a position where you're either you're debt free or, you know, you have enough in savings, you do have more flexibility yeah. and freedom to, well, no, I don't have to stay at this job. I'll be unemployed for a bit, but I can afford yeah. it. And then I could find the job that I want, which I think is, I mean, especially for us where, you know, growing up or millennials, we were told that we could do whatever we want and then <laughs> we realize we get into a job we're like, this isn't exactly what I <laughs> had, in not mind. what I wanted. <laughs> no, exactly. But it's still we're always kind of trying to chase that job, that kind of dream job, which is good and bad, but at least we don't we're we're not settlers. That's what I've realized. Not I don't mm-hmm. know anyone who's really settling. Yeah. So that's that's something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And through through the freelance writing as well, I've I've actually I've quit that job. And mm-hmm. one thing that it's allowed me to do is I, there was a job that came up. It was just a three-month position, and it was doing almost exactly what I wanted to do, like what I went to school for and everything. Yeah. And I shouldn't, like, a logical person never would have been able to quit a full-time permanent job with benefits for a temporary mm-hmm. three-month job with no benefits and no guarantee of any employment. So I actually switched over. I quit my old job and moved to this temporary job and I was like, mm-hmm. well, at least at the end of the 3 months I can do freelance writing at the end of it if mm-hmm. I if I don't have that um exactly. job continuing, but I just found out that it will continue at least over the winter. So that that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's so great I think that's yeah that's another kind of misconception I think with uh, contract jobs and especially when I first uh, graduated university that was my first job I had a four-month contract and it was for a film festival so there wasn't any way to extend it but there's a lot of jobs that it's a contract but most of them extend if you do a really good job and they can't you know see themselves working without you so that's awesome that you know you were able to have the kind of freedom to make that choice and now you're working at your, you know, a dream job. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) All right. So just wrapping up, I know you've you've mentioned a lot of great things, but if you can give a couple pieces of advice for people that, you know, are kind of in your same boat, maybe they have 80 grand that they still have to chip away at, or they're in a same situation with the house where they've kind of got a money pit on their hands, what would you suggest uh, for them to kind of break out of their, you know... Debt prison,
1: so to speak. Yeah. So, no matter what it is you're facing, whether it's eighty grand in debt or a house that you're trying to get rid of that you you can't and you're legally obligated to make all these payments for it, whatever it is, so often when you look at those things, it just seems hopeless. Like eighty thousand dollars. Like if you just look at that, and Mm -hmm. somebody came to you today and said you owe me eighty thousand dollars, you'd be like, well, I'm just done for the rest of my life, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving the country. I'm I'm going now. But yeah. <laughs> but if you do chip away at it small bits at a time, find find ways to chip away at the debt or in the case of the house, I couldn't do anything with that. But what I could do was find extra ways to make money doing something that I liked and that made substantial contributions, not just like, you know, a penny here or there for clicking on an ad in a survey email mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you find something you like and can help you, then it helps make you happier. It brings more joy to your life and don't don't look at the big debts like that like like Mm -hmm. it is a big chunk just work away small bits at a time and just celebrate each milestone like every five hundred dollars or whatever then that's five hundred dollars less you owe and five hundred dollars more free you are for for doing things you actually Mm -hmm. want to do in the future so don't focus no i love that don't focus on the big big things just work on small bits at a time
0: I love that celebrating milestones. I think that's something that in general we don't do enough. Like, whether it's paying off debt or a savings, you know, you've reached a certain savings level. Like, make sure you celebrate those things. You don't have to spend money to celebrate, but still acknowledge and celebrate in some kind of way. Yeah, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for chatting with me. I'm. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of, uh, your story and, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some people that are going to look into freelance <laughs> writing after this. Cause you know what? It works. It does. That's, that's actually happily when I you know moved here and had nothing to, uh, no job, just looking for a job. I, I did some freelance writing and that kind of kept me afloat for a few months. Yeah. So it's, it's something to look into yeah.
1: for a side hustle. Yeah. It's a weird thing to start, but, um, I've actually got a post up on my website, um, detailing how my process was, how I got started, and like how I felt emotionally, and how weird Mm -hmm. it was at first, and the challenges I had to go over. And I think that's a a great post for people to read if they want to see what it's really like. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, I'll link to that in the show yeah. notes because I think uh, that's it's always, yeah, important to like, oh, that's great, but how do I yeah. do it? So <laughs> that's great that you wrote how to do yep. it. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'm excited to hear about your progress. I'll definitely yeah. maybe hit you up with an email in like six months to make sure h- how are things going, and especially if the
1: house is. Yeah, closed. yeah, for sure.
0: And that was episode 57 with Lindsay Van Summer. Now, she mentioned in this episode that she's a personal finance uh, freelance writer and also science writer. And if you want to check out more about her, you can at her website, lindsayvansummeren.com. Very uh, easy. I'll also include a link in the show notes in case you want to check that out. Make sure to check out the show notes at jessicamorehouse.com slash 57 And, uh, yeah, thanks again for joining me. Wasn't this a blast? Don't you want to share your story on a future episode? right? If you do, please email me at jessica at jessicamoros.com. I would love to know what's going on with you and see if you would make a great uh, guest on a future episode. So just think about it. Make sure to also subscribe to this show on iTunes so you don't miss any episodes. And if you wouldn't mind, would you also give me a review? I would love you forever. Um, until next Wednesday, I want to wish you a very Happy rest of the week. And uh, yeah, that's really it. So peace.
1: This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.